Welcome to the Finer Things. I'm Lisa and this is Wes. Hey everybody. And we are at the Scar Lodge in sunny Akron, Ohio. Unexpectedly sunny Akron, My, Ohio. From the Members Only Lounge here at the Cigar Lodge in beautiful Akron, Ohio. How are you, Lisa? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, you know, enjoying this late fall weather. It's great. It we, was so rainy this morning and it's beautiful this afternoon. You are, uh, what are you drinking over there? I know it's something special. Okay. We're going to talk about this. So let's yeah. get the notes in here first. So I got to pull up my photos that I took of this. It's um, from Orphan Barrel Whiskey Company. And the whole concept is that they find barrels that other distilleries made and perhaps the distillery closed. I've been told that this particular distillery burned down. They were only open a short time, but Orphan Barrel takes those particular barrels and then they bottle them and it's pretty cool. They're releasing stuff that otherwise we would not have access to. How old is it? Um, I believe the bottle said 26 years. Well, the yes, 26 years. It is called Forager's Keep. And it's got a big hairy Highland cow on the front on the label. It's it's absolutely delicious. This is one of my new favorites. and She compared it very quickly uh, as soon as she took a, a little taste of it to the Glen Alachi yeah. uh, that we've had previously, which is a 25-year-old single malt, which is absolutely delicious. So is this. What are, you, what are you smoking over there? Okay, I've got a East India Trading Company Red Witch. I believe the East India Trading Company label is under Gurkha, if I remember. Gurkha! This is a box press, so it's kind of got that sort of rectangular shape to it. How's, how's the draw? It's easy. Good. The flavor, not my favorite. I grabbed this one and was intrigued because I love Gurkhas. Uh, I've had the Red Witch before and it ain't my thing exactly. And she's going to enjoy every last bit of it. I'm that's, still going to smoke right. the hell out of it. <laughs> I have a, uh, I'll give a special shout out to the Mayan Import Company. Oh, nice. This is a hand, their private blend. It's handmade in Nicaragua. It is a Maduro. I want to say Churchill. Maybe a little. It's a little fat for a fat. Churchill. Yeah, it's more fat than that. Uh, the gauge is pretty high there, as we talked about last week. Uh, the, uh, my parents are retired. And they, both of my parents smoke cigars, and this nice. is uh, great. It's phenomenal. So I, I can come by it honestly. That's not going to lie there. Uh, but they were in uh, New Orleans and stopped by the Mayan Tobacco Company and got cigars for myself and my brothers. So I am enjoying the Maduro. I had the light wrapper one, I would say, two days ago, and it was phenomenal. It was nice, nice and easy draw, very good smoke. Again, handmade in Nicaragua, and it worked out really well. Good. And what are you drinking? I'm pairing that with the New Riff bourbon uh, from Kentucky. It's real good. Mm -hmm. uh, New Riff. It's it's got a nice smoky feel to it. It's working well with the Maduro. Uh, the notes are because Maduros, at least for me, can overpower me. They're intense. Uh, they can be anyway. They can be very intense. And the New Riff is complementing it very very well, as I sit here and I take a nice little taste. Well, I'm going to let him do that, and I'll introduce the topic of the day. We're going to talk about continuous improvement. Um, essentially, you know, how do you make those little adjustments? You can't ever get to the point where you're complacent. Right. I guess that's 
that's the end of it. That, uh, you can't be complacent. You gotta continuously improve. And because Lisa is on her way to Japan here in a few short months, weeks, weeks even closer. We're, yeah, it's like um, the clock is what we count under that a month. Under a month. Okay, so all right, so we're less than four weeks away. Uh, the Japanese have a philosophy for the continuous improvement. And they call it Kaizen, K-A-I-Z-E-N. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, but uh, that's their philosophy on continuous improvement. What does it mean? Explain it to us. Well, it, is any continuous improvement is you're you're looking for increments here. Everybody wants to hit a home run. Every little kid that I know of is always when you play baseball in the backyard. You're like it's the bottom of the ninth. There's two outs. The bases are always loaded. The bases are always, always, always yeah. loaded. Even in Hollywood, the bases are always loaded. Right. Nobody's going to hit a solo shot here. They want to hit a grand slam because that's when you get all the applause, all the, um, all the accolades. And you know, at the end of the movie, in the nat, I think in the end of the movie, The Natural, it might be a solo shot where all the um, lights are to use the finish on the baseball analogy there. Um, and the key here is to just one step at a time. Right. Nothing, you're, you can't, how, do you, how did you learn English? When you were born, you were two or three, you didn't know how to speak English, right? You didn't learn, right. learn it overnight. It was a lot of mimicking, a lot of trial and error, increments. Right. How did you grow to be six foot tall or what your current height is? You didn't come out of the womb at six foot tall. Increments. Right. And so that's what the Japanese philosophy really is. It's about continuous improvement and if you always are being continuously improvement, especially, I mean, on yourself, mm -hmm. then you're always going to be successful. Right. And for me, it really is, it does come down to that don't get complacent mindset. I have to continuously improve because otherwise I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. It, and I want to keep moving forward. One of my favorite quotes is from Carrie Fisher, and she said there's... The There's late no Carrie Fisher. point at which you can say, well, I'm successful now. I might as well take a nap. Go ahead and have your nap, but get up and kick some ass after. Rent is due every day. Yes, it is. Every day. I mean, as I mean, I have a uh, stack of bills. Like, you know, I've got a rolling portfolio of bills and when they're due and a calendar system. Every day something's due, right? And yep. there's a lot of days in the month. You know, it's great that October has 31 days because you can spread them out a little bit, but then February only has 28. Yeah. Imagine what three days makes. So uh, this is also, you can use this kind of philosophy in your personal life, in your professional life. It, it's, it's really easy to think about in your professional life because you can always use the analogy of going to college. Because mm -hmm. how do you get a college degree? You've got to take a set amount of classes, you've got to get a right. certain GPA, you've got to put an X amount of work in. And you know that going in because there's easily defined goals. There's a deliverable, that's the degree. Right. You're, there's a reason you're doing it, it's to better yourself, better job prospects, all of those kinds of things. So you're already self-motivated to complete an education. And right. it's one class at a time. Right. Now, granted, you're probably taking more than one class at a time. However, when you're in that class, focus on that class move to the next one later in the day or later in the week, tackle that one. It's still one class at a time. That's just the way you gotta tackle it. I knew, like Lisa and I both went to law school, so that's actually further education. So 
I had a, I, I don't know if, I knew somebody that was taking one law school class at a time and they were going all year round. Non-traditional sure. student and you can do that. So is that uh, the way they needed to use the system to get their law degree? Absolutely. That's what works for them. And that's what worked for them. So you take one semester at a time, one class at a time, you, you focus on it because you've got a life, you've got family, you've got all those kind of things. And in the educational prism, you are, it's very easy to see that because you're self-motivated because you're, especially in law school, you're, you're there because you yeah. want to be. And if you don't want to be, they pretty, we, they weed you out pretty quick. It's like going to medical school yeah, or any other advanced degree. Typically, yeah. You want to be there because if you didn't, you're, you're looking around the room like, this is a lot of work. Right. And if you don't want to do it, this is a lot of work for nothing. Right. So you don't want to put a lot of work in for nothing. Yeah. And personal goals, I mean, and we've talked about this at length in a previous podcast, mm-hmm. is that you, you got to figure out what your personal goals are. Well, for example, I set the goal recently that I was going to lose weight. Okay, how do I accomplish that? Great example. Absolutely great example of incremental success. Absolutely, because I ended up, I currently, I'm going to have maybe another two weeks on this diet that I'm on. And, you know, so far in about, maybe about two months, I've lost 20 pounds. Now that was not all at once. Not by any means. You it's lose 20 pounds in one day, you've got a problem, you need to go see the doctor, your right. leg fell off. But, you know, it's a little at a time, and just keep making progress. And sure, I hear people say all the time, oh God, I don't know if I could do some diet that restrictive. Well, I mean, I went into it knowing I'm going to Japan soon, I'm going to eat all of the sushi that country has to offer. <laughs> I'm going to get She's salivating so right now. fat on rice that they think I'm a sumo wrestler. So, you know, I can do this. I can keep this up for two, two and a half months, and then I get to enjoy myself. I'm not going on this long term. That was never, ever the goal. And, you know, it's paid off. Well, and the key with, uh, like I said, continuous improvement and weight loss is a great example. is because it's always one pound at a time, and it's always in a, especially with a diet, and it's also the largest uh, New Year's resolution that everybody makes is to either learn a new language or to uh, lose weight. Right. Diet and exercise. And it's one of the ones that often fails, and I, I will posit the reason is because most people don't put in that willpower. I, I'm not having fun on the diet. Good Lord, I want to run right up the street and go to Taco Bell. I want nothing Crush more it. than a chalupa right now. <laughs> can I do this for another two weeks? Yeah, I can do this. I'll go home and eat salad and olives and that. Olives are pretty good. I had that right before I came here, and I'm I'm... Super happy. Olives and cheese. Lots of different cheeses. I like the, uh, not to sidetrack too terribly, no, but I, I, I love the uh, olive, uh, the cheese stuffed olives. Like you can get um, mm-hmm. various different cheeses. Cause I had some of, blue cheese stuffed olives today. Awesome. There's Because there's a uh, olive bar at a couple of different yeah, grocery stores here in the area. Oh, I know. And, <laughs> uh, it, and they're not, I mean, olives are good for you. I mean, they are very it, good for It's you. not a bad food. And cheeses are tend to be decent for you. It's not like you're eating a bunch of preservatives. I have heard, and I don't know whether it's accurate, but I'll throw it out there and you guys can tell me if I'm right or wrong. Um, I've heard that 
is possible to live entirely on different cheeses, but they have all of the nutrients and things that you need. If that's accurate, great. I'm gonna do just fine in life. If it's not accurate, well, that's not all I'm eating, so I'm fine there too. That's awesome. Well, and as Lisa is describing, especially with the weight loss, is the uh, it's the the nitty gritty, the details, and you think about a task, like a personal goal or a professional goal, and then, again, you got to figure out, okay, what is that goal that I want to achieve? Do I want to learn that language? Do I want to lose that weight? Okay, right. Those are huge tasks, and you want to make right. sure that you say, okay, you want to break this up into little bitty pieces yeah sometimes the wheel turns slowly but it very painfully slowly but sometimes. it turns yeah but it turns and that's the key there and so with these details you want to break up into the um, you don't want to get I mean because there's a balance between analysis paralysis here and the real the, the real nitty-gritty and you want to figure out what that is because you want to um you want to break it into chunks like okay lisa wants to lose x amount of pounds because she's going to japan and sure. she's going to devour all the sushi sure she's just going to get in the water and open her mouth and just let it all come in right sort of for me it was not so much i want to lose x number of pounds it was more i'm going to do the diet exactly this long I'm going to come off it right before I go to Japan. I've been doing intermittent fasting, vegetarian, keto. So, no carbs. Very specific. No carbs. I eat all my meals between noon and 8 p.m. And a vegetarian explains itself. But I've, I said that because I've heard that people who go back on meat after being vegetarian or vegan have a little trouble at first digesting it. They'll feel really sick. So I thought, I'm gonna come off of it maybe a couple of weeks before I leave and I'll be acclimated and ready to go. And that's the whole idea. And so with that incremental success, you know, how do you like you're planning your day? Okay, I gotta wake up in the morning, I gotta do this. I mean, I Lisa has seen me with my uh, uh, buck slips, as, they're, as I affectionately yes. call it. In essence, it's a to-do to list. I've had it's a note card it's a it's a note card it's uh the length of uh about a, a buck you know what i mean it's a lar oversized yeah. uh bank note and it's my list of things to do for the day and i get to cross them off and that way i don't forget things he uh, always has this with him at all times <laughs> and i and not it's, always displaying it but he always has it back pocket front pocket it's always somewhere on him and so if i write something down I know I'm going to remember it, or if I'm talking to somebody, you know, especially clients, or I'm in court, or you know, I'm talking to Lisa, she comes up with a great idea. I will write it down, and then I'll look at my card the next day and be like, and, and, and it'll be a trigger word. Sure. And it'll be like boom. But more importantly, like I'll, it also forces like, for instance, we were talking about uh, Lisa made made the note that some days she'll go home, have a cigar, and let the day wash over her. Yeah. And that's a great thing to do. Uh, you know, you're relaxing, and then when I do that, I let the day wash over me, and then I look at my to-do list, and I say, okay, what do I have to do tomorrow? What do I need, you know, because right. there's, what do I need to do tomorrow? And then what did I need to do today that I didn't get done? Um, and then you, you kind of have in your head, okay, you, right. pri you, you get very good then at prioritizing and triaging. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're motivated, because then you, because I want to be this type of person. Yeah. I have various different professional goals and 
the way that you meet them is that it's one day at a time. And, you know, you brought up triaging. That's very much a skill that I think most attorneys have, at least the successful ones. You've got to know what's got to be on that front burner and what can wait until the next day or maybe the next week. Absolutely. Ab- I mean, I, I read an article this last week and it was about lines of code that changed the world. And one of them was essentially for the lunar landing module. You got to figure at the time the processing capability of computers. They said somewhere in there that it was less than currently exists in those electronic grading cards that play music when you open them. This is what's landing on the a moon. thing ta- on the moon right. with people in it. Correct. We're taking human beings right. from one s- celestial body, right, and we are placing them on another celestial body. Yes. In a time in our history where you saw the computers, you saw how big it was, there's always that t- the picture of the internet going around where right. you They're have massive. that. Uh, that lady programmer and the code that she had to do was in stacks of paper and it was as tall as she was. And so this article was talking about a specific chunk of code that essentially triaged. It said, okay, look, this is most important. We have to do this. We're going to put these other things on the back burner, say, uh, shove them off to the side. And that code is what allowed the lunar landing module to actually land without them losing, say, oxygen yes. in inside. Or you know? loss of life. I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, we don't want to put, let's pressurize and keep the oxygen levels up off to the side. No, that needs to stay on the front burner. But other stuff, eh, not as important. Let's wait on that. And this little chunk of code is what allowed them to do it shoving stuff off to the side. That's what you gotta do for continuous improvement is that triage and making sure, here's what's most important. Here's what I gotta stay focused on. Here is the overall goal. And sure, the overall goal is really important, but you cannot tackle that all at once. You've gotta take it in steps. And to take it in steps, you gotta figure out what's the most important step to tackle now. And Part of this has helped me as my professional career, and we usually don't go into this a lot, but I do try a lot of cases, comparatively speaking, to Lisa. Correct. And a trial, either criminal context or a civil context, I tend to have a lot more criminal trials than I do civil trials, sure. those provide an excellent example of the end goal. Right. Because at, the, at, a, at a trial, all the prep work is done. There is I, nothing in, I should walk into this room. And there should be no surprises to me. And now, is there surprises? Will there be surprises? Uh, always, always. Every single time. <laughs> every single time. Like fifteen of them. And that's what you know. That's where you think on your feet and everything. You, you know, you're triaging at that point. Um, but you're you've got a you've got a fixed event. This event is fixed. It is going to happen. It's date and right. time stamped. And you uh, you know I know exactly what's going to happen. I know the protocol. I know who's going to go first, and I know what I have to demonstrate if I'm a civil plaintiff. I know what I have to demonstrate if I'm a criminal defendant. Correct. Uh, you know what I mean, if anything, because again, you've got, you enjoy the presumption of innocence. And so you, you, you're building a house. I mean, you're, you're, building a, you're building the castles in the sky here, especially for a trial, because I'm right. building a theme. 
I am advertising that theme, I'm educating the jury, the veneer panel, and you and I each witness will provide something. And you know right. what that something is going to be, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, and you know that all all prior to. Right. I mean, uh, you know, and that's very, very important because the amount of prep, now does it take time? Oh, it takes a boatload of time. It Tons. takes a boatload of time. But it all doesn't happen at once because, um, to just to give an example, I uh, tried a, a murder case a couple of years ago, a couple of years ago now, and it took about a year of preparation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, brick by brick, piece by piece, does right. something will get accomplished every single day. Is it a lot? No. Right. Absolutely not. But then at trial date, you look, you, you know, I look at my pile of stuff and I'm like, boom. I got it. I got it. I'm ready. I'm ready. I got it. I know. I know when the detective gets on. I've got an index card with that detective's name on it. Yep. I, I I know my. You know. I know the points that I have to hit. Um, all of that stuff, and that's just for my own professional uh, perspective. Sure. And in various different professions, you have the ability to know. There's usually an event there. It's 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 time, like with doctors, it's a surgery. Right. It's a it's a date and time where you're going to have surgery. Okay. So how, what goes into a surgery? Well. You got a lot of prep work. Yeah. Got a lot of prep work. You got a lot of just in case. I mean, you got a lot of this and you got a lot of that. So you're prepared for eventualities that you hope never happen, but you're ready. Yeah. Uh, and so you, you're, you do the prep work and you, do you do the prep work everything all at once? No. You Ab absolutely, cannot. you can't. It's physically impossible. And that whole Kaizen philosophy, it's just, you know, just little increments, incremental right. success. Right. I, you used the term building a house, and I think that's really appropriate because you're not going to start planning, theoretically, you're not going to start planning the landscaping before you even have a foundation. Unless, say, the landscaping is your landscaping around a particular area, and then that's going into the planning of it. But you're still not doing the landscaping before the foundation is even poured. Why would you put up drywall if you don't have a roof over the house? It's all little steps and they need to occur in a sort of particular order. But again, it's that triaging, figuring out what comes first. One what step is at most a time. important here? Well, and using the house analogy, I mean, even site planning. So mm -hmm. you look at the site and you say, okay, how does the water drain? I mean, especially right. in, in various parts of this country Very and the world, important. you got to know where, the, where does the water drain? Are you allowed to have a basement? I, I, because some people are like, my basement always floods when it rains. Right. Well, that's because the water drains in a certain direction. Okay, before you even yeah. break ground... You, I mean, they do flood maps, they do flood plains. I mean, you know where the rivers are and the lakes are, and you, you study this, and you or you hire your part of your architectural team. Mm -hmm. You know, the structural engineer is going to say, okay, the water will flow this direction. Yeah. And, it, you know, you know that before you even break, brow, break the ground, and then you either use that to your success if you are trying to capture the water on your property. Right. Or you don't if you don't want to capture the pro the water on your property. Right. So I mean, you got to know all these different things, and that's before you even break the ground. And that's yeah. one little thing at a time. I mean, those are just small little details. Sure. And the, this concept was um, I'm going to take a puff here. Okay. So I'm going to switch gears for just a minute. One of the things Wes kind of put together some notes for the show, and one of the things 
that he said I thought was really brilliant. I've never heard before, but I love the idea of it. And it's just be 1% better at something. That's just, it, baby. Just 1%. 1%. That's it. No. That's it. Sure. Once you get there, well, you're not there. It's back to the Carrie Fisher uh, quote. Don't sleep on it. You need 1% over that. Keep improving. Just one itsy bitsy percent. Yeah. The um, and this concept and again, this is buttressing on the Kaizen uh, theory. Uh, so the one percent better. So think about in your life. I mean, of your entire life, right? So right. you've got a personal goal. You've got a professional goal. Mm-hmm. What can you do today that gets you one percent closer? Right. And if you think about it that way, you're like, oh, I can do this. I can take a note card. And take it with me and yeah. write all the things I need to do down, down. Right. And then I can check them off when I'm done, but I can make notes on it when I'm done. Right. That's it. That's a 1% move. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is not rocket science. This is, I, I am sure, certainly not the only person in the world that's ever done this. No. It certainly wasn't my idea. Uh, you know, sure, we've got the Palm, well, we used to have Palm Pilots, but the iPhone and everything else like that, that we're buried in all the time. You know, and this also go for your personal life. I mean, you want to be a better person. Okay, so how do you want to be a better person? Do you want to give more to charity? Do you want to volunteer more? Something like that. What sure. can you do today that gets you that 1%? Yeah, if you think about it back to the weight loss, I, I did 1% and then I kept going and it was another 1%. And now I've lost a little bit over 10% of my body weight. Oh, and think about one in per- two months. That's a lot. That's a lot. And think about 1% of a pound. Right. I mean, that's nothing. Right, that's barely going to show up on your scale. You're going to drink that in water. Right. So in, in, a, in a real physical sense of the, I mean, a real actual physical representation of what 1% is, it's the water. Uh, don't cut back on water. Go ahead well, and keep that up. Sure, but, I mean, you gotta, you, know, you gotta be hydrated, but... Can you go without that slice of cheesecake one night? Yeah, dang it. I mean, we all love cheesecake, but can you go without for one night? There you go. There's a, got at least a thousand calories, just poof, disappeared. One percent. Yeah. One itty-bitty percent. Now, this concept originated uh, from the British cycling team, uh, okay. and, and this was... They they were terrible. <laughs> they, okay. they, they were terrible. So uh, absolutely terrible. They in one hundred and ten years they had one gold medal medal at the Olympics, rough. and that's terrible. And they had no Tour de France yeah. victories from uh, I believe the eighteen nineties until two thousand and eight. Uh, so that changed in two thousand and three with a guy by the name of Dave Brailsford. So. The British cycling team, and this, and this is how bad they were. Like the British cycling team, manufacturers of uh, bicycle products and cycling products would not sell their products Ouch. to the British cycling team because they didn't want anybody to know that that's who was sponsoring the team. Ouch. Right? I mean, there's a level of being bad, and then there's that. That's pretty bad. Right? When, when Nike says, you know what? We're not going to sell this to you because we don't want to tarnish the Nike brand. Okay. You're that bad. We'll pay you to not wear clothing. Here's a check not to wear our stuff. I mean, that that's how Nike's bad. like, hey, could you wear Adidas? We'll pay you $100,000 to wear Adidas. 
that's pretty rough. I mean, that's how that's how bad they were. And so, in two thousand and three, Dave Brailsford takes over, and then he takes this one percent better at a time concept, and he just looks at everything. So think about physical exercise and cycling. I mean, you've got one percent better equipment, um, the seat that you sit on, the gears. I mean, think about the lubrication on the gears for a cycling, uh, for the for the actual bicycle, right? So you're sure. making that one percent better, and then all of a sudden the the gear that everybody wears, their helmets, uh, they they have they're measuring this all because again we live in an age where data is just everywhere, and you have the ability right. to just and even in two thousand and three, data was everywhere. It was. So you you're you're improving everything at one percent of a time. So can the bike be one percent lighter? Sure. Can can we make you recover um, nutritionally one percent better? Easy. Right. So you start taking these cons one percent better, and, and again, it's trial and error, right? Because you're looking for that marginal increase. You're not looking for that bottom of the ninth, two outs. Right. And everybody's loaded on deck. No, no. You're looking at one percent at a time right. and so he's looking at everything for that one percent gain and so in 2008 at the Olympics in Beijing mm -hmm. as a result of five years okay. of one percent gains okay again this is just one percent gain per cyclist per cyclist per over year. a five-year period of time okay they won a ton of gold medals in 2008. I believe is nine. Wow. Uh, they won that. They won the team gold medal in 2008 at Beijing, and Bradley Wiggins that year won the Tour de France, and he was the first Briton to do so since the 1890s. Rock on, Britain. Good and job on you. That was the concept. Just implementing that concept of one yep. percent at a time, and then so you you conceptually think about everything. Can you make the bike tire one percent better? Right. I mean, think think about that level of detail. We're like, what do I have to do to make that bike tire one percent? Can I make the uh, cyclist uniform one percent better, either for wind resistance, either for warmth, for all of those things, for the uh, the elements because they're outdoors? Um, can like Gatorade? I mean, Gatorade is an excellent example, and it's called Gatorade because it was invented for the University of Florida Gators. Yes. And that's how they got their name. And they were trying, and they were looking for a uh, hydration product uh, that was better than, that would hydrate uh, football players better than water. And they started with one percent. They made a couple of little improvements, and then the end result became Gatorade. And now, yeah, you don't even know what the flavors are. You just point to the color that you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> nobody, nobody knows what flavor I want the purple of purple flavor. Right. Nobody uh, knows not a flavor. what the. Flavor of Gatorade is they just know the colors that they like, and you know. So think about it this way: conceptually, think about compound interest. Everybody knows what compound interest is. You put your money in the bank, and the bank gives you an interest rate, right? And you know that the longer that you, the money is in the bank, the more money you get because of the interest rate. That's compound interest, and so you start saving money. Uh, you know, an excellent example is I have very young children. So I have very young children. I have started college plans. I, that money is not going to be used for 18 years. Right. And so what does that money do? Day one money earns mm -hmm. interest for 18 years. Yeah. Day two money, 17 years and change. And this and that and that. And then every single day, yeah. 
I mean, that's that's another. I think that's a financial example of compound interest. I mean, is absolutely uh, the most powerful force in the universe is compound interest, and that uh, that is usually attributed to Albert Einstein. Now, I think it's been debunked since, yeah. but we'll use the generally accepted principle. So and that's really the big deal. Here's what I'm thinking of when we talk about 1% difference. Um, there are approximately 330 million people in the United States. Now, if you take 1%... To make, the ma to make that math easy. If you take 1%, that's 3.3 million, correct? 1%, yeah. Yeah, one, all right, so to make the What's math easier, so 300 million, yeah. I, I usually use 300 million because I'm not that good at math. So 1% of 300 is 3. So 3, 3 million, million people, right, so 3 million people. What do our elections turn on? 3 million people? Yeah, that's pretty believable. 1%. 1% right, everybody, changes an election outcome. Politically, right now, we're all arguing and yelling at the one percenters. Right. Right. I mean, that's another concept. So I can't tell you the number of times I've Googled how much income <laughs> do I have to make to be in the one percent. She's close, but she's, uh, she's yeah, I'm not close. She's just just someday. shy, someday. just shy of the mark, just shy of the mark. Uh, maybe, maybe someday. <laughs> well, and the example that I usually use in voir dire is that everybody's heard the uh, the phrase "one in a million chance," right? Right. And so the backward, the reverse of the three hundred million people is. Okay, if there's a one in a million chance, that means in this country it will happen 300 times every day. Yeah. Why can't it be this person? Right. And then you think about it, you're like, that's absolutely accurate. Right. That is an app, you know, math. Thank you very much. Sure. You know, that is absolutely accurate. So it's that 1%, and buttressing on the math a little bit, if you did 1% every day, better at something, anything, a skill, playing the piano, a great example. Absolutely. When you start playing the piano, you're terrible. You, you start playing any instrument, you're terrible. You start learning any language, you're terrible, right? Uh, you know, and the, the language products like um, Babbel and uh, Duolingo. Love Duolingo. Are great products because they understand, and they, I mean, computers now are yeah. so much more powerful. That, I mean, again, your phone can put you on the moon. I mean, that's the computing power right. we're talking about, right? And so they, think, they say, okay, can you give us 20 minutes a day? Mm -hmm. 20 minutes. I think I can spare that. Right, so 20 minutes a day and you can learn a new language. Now you think to yourself, well, there's no way I'm going to be fluent in Spanish in 20 minutes. But you won't be. Well, not in 20 minutes. Not in 20 minutes, but you're going to... 20 one. minutes today, 20 minutes tomorrow. You go from 0% to 1. for a year. Right, you go from 1% to 2, and then 2 to 3. Right. I mean, that's, that's how it works. Now, I can't remember how the math breaks out, but I remember someone talking about... I've heard the example multiple times. Have someone give you a penny a day. And the next pay, the next day, it's doubled. You're going to be a billionaire in, I believe it was like a month. It was some surprisingly short amount of time. Maybe it was a millionaire. With millionaire, month. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It is a short period of time. It's, it's an ungodly short period of time. But that's the thing. You're increasing on what has already been built. We live in a society where computers and computing power is so phenomenal because we just kept building on what we already knew. Every bit of our knowledge is because we built on something that they had already taken the time to discover. So great. 
the cavemen are out there, they're figuring out how wheels work. Holy cow, this is the best fire. thing. Fire. 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 Oh my God. We figured out how to make fire. We're great. And for them, they are. Well, now we're getting to the point where Wes and I just flick a little wheel and light our cigars. Fire's easy, baby. We Captured don't even it. have to think about it because it's so easy. We're building on that knowledge. Well, and, and conceptually as well, uh, using another Mayan example, I mean the Mayan calendar, right? Yeah. The Mayan calendar expired. Now, these are this civilization uh, figured out the calendar for thousands of years right. using what we would call algebra. Yeah. I mean, that concept of algebra, okay? And they knew that 3,000 years ago. Yeah. And so you, they had the mathematical tools and it was just 1%. Now, obviously, they didn't have a lot of worry about a lot of different things, a lot of social constructs. Sure. They had their own social constructs, but they got a calendar and they, they, the calendar was over because they didn't go any farther. Right. Not because they couldn't figure it out, because right. they just stopped. Yeah. Now, you can go on your phone or you can go on your laptop and yeah. you could punch in uh, what day will March 30th be in the year 3010. Right. And you click enter and within less than one second. Tuesday or. Right. Within less than one second. And that all became from the 1% and extrapolation and everything else like that. I mean, that's many thousands of years trying to figure out algebra, trying to make it work, getting all of how it works. And, you know, now my kids are learning it. They learned it in a little bit in elementary school. It's a basic common knowledge. They're moving on to much harder maths that I, I'm way out of my depth, but I have a computer. And if I don't understand it, I can get on and, like Wes said, it gets me that answer almost immediately. Right. It is very, very quickly. And, and that whole great example as well, because every year you go, you know, I, you kindergarten, first grade, it's that common experience of we have what's a standardized score and a standardized test. Right. And what we as a society have said, listen, by the age of nine, you need to know X, Y, and Z. Right. And then the... I mean, whether or not that's based on you know reality or not, mm -hmm. a three-year-old is not going to know, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely not. But you build on it every single year. Sure. You reinforce those concepts, right. and then at the age of nine, you're there. Boom! You're like, oh my god! And then you think about it for a minute, and then you're like, okay, yeah, I got here. Right. And, and once you get in the habit, I mean, this, I mean, really, what this is is the continuous improvement is your trying to master yourself and I get it it's hard I know my mistakes oh yeah I know exactly how I'm gonna make them I know why I make them does that prevent me from making them again we can hope you can hope but some days you're like no no I make I know that I know that I know what's gonna happen yeah. I know why I should yeah. I want to go to Taco Bell I don't want to go to I know I got I just gotta go to Taco Bell and away you go yeah and, you, everybody has a day like that and that's okay because if you're focused on 1% each day then when you have a setback or a failure you're not oh I gotta start all over right it's like well, for instance Lisa Lisa was like I'm gonna be self-disciplined on this diet I'm gonna do this for you know what how long did you want to do it uh, about two and a half months okay so two and a half months so is she gonna be perfect in that two and a half months she can try 
And that, is she? Uh, statistically, probably not. Is there a day where she's like, I, I want that cheeseburger? You I, know what? I'll I admit, I on keto, you cannot really cheat. You have a cheat day. And I did. I had two cheat days. Um, they literally set you back two weeks. But you know what? I knew that going in, I expected it. It's okay. I had to go to Taco Bell and I had to go to Arby's. And you had to do it. I had to do it. it. It's a limited time thing at Taco Bell and at Arby's. I had to try this before it goes away. Because if you're going to put beer cheese on a sandwich, <laughs> I, I don't know. I need to have that sandwich. I got to have it. And so I did. And, you know, it sent me back two weeks. And that's okay. I don't regret it. I still lost 20 pounds. So, I mean, you know. I'm doing all right. And that's and that's really important because you when you're focused on the continuous improvement, you can have those days and again you're just like, uh, oh, today's not the day. Not today. Yeah. Anybody you can pick any other day, but just just not today. Sure. And then you have that day and then you get through it and then the next day you're like, ah, oh, you kinda of, you know, everybody beats themselves up a little bit and then you're like Sure. Okay, you get back on the horse. I mean, you know, and using this in a um and, and using this well in a real life example is uh, AA, right in Akron, AA. This is where uh, AA was founded in Akron, Ohio. If you're not familiar with Alcoholics Anonymous, so it's we have what is called Founders Day every year uh, in Akron, and that's when uh, everybody, uh, in essence, that is in AA, it comes back to Akron. They go through the history of sure. you know, and they have a lot of meetings. Obviously, a lot of meetings, and you've got a very big support group of people who all have recognized that they have a problem. Mm-hmm. And they will teach you, and part of the program is that um, it is one day at a time. Yes. It is not, I'm worried about next week or next month of my sobriety. It's, I'm going to be sober today. Right. I'm going to be sober today. I just got to get through today. I'm not worried about tomorrow for my sobriety. I'm worried about today. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you do one day. Okay. Great. And literally, sometimes you may have to break it down much more than that. It may not be one day. That may be well more than you can handle. That's fine. I've had that period in my life where I did not know how I was going to make it the next 10 minutes. Okay. Well, somehow I got to brave through the next 10 minutes. And then that 10 minutes is done. And I look at that and count it as a success. And, okay, well, I don't know how I'm going to make it the next 10 minutes, but I'm going to give it a go. I did the last 10 minutes, and you keep going, and at the end of the day, you're like, all right, that was Got miserable, but I'm done. I get to go to sleep now. I don't have to think about this while I'm asleep. And you wake up the next day, and you start your 10 minutes all over again. And, and you just keep cranking, and eventually you don't even realize, now, wait a minute, it hasn't been 10 minutes it's been 30 minutes it's been an hour it's been a day it's been a week a month a year but I had an example like this sort of come up in an odd scenario yesterday um I got on Facebook and I was messing around looked at my memories for the day and I realized oh oh it's been 19 years since my dad passed and I just completely forgot that's a big deal do I miss him? Absolutely. Do I think about him and obsess over that is the day that my father died and losing a parent is a massive deal and especially since he was the first parent that I lost. That's a 
big deal. It really, really affects you. Am I healing? Yeah, I'd say I'm there if I'm forgetting more than once that it's the anniversary of that day. Well, and that's that goes to a personal goal. I mean, sure. these are all personal goals. They're very intimate. I mean, that's Lisa's personal goal. It's yeah. 1%, one day at a time. And that's really the key to life. Now, and you just, it, you brick by brick. One, you know, one itsy bitsy yeah. thing at a time. And all of a sudden you string together. I mean, for instance, I, especially in the legal profession, just there are, the, there's a judge in town who is very proud of her sobriety because it affected her. And Well, as she should be. At, Any of you that are struggling with it, you know, congratulations. Great for you. At, absolutely. Good job. Keep going. And you, you get the you know, you get to pick up on the lingo and just to, to borrow example, everybody's got a chip. Yeah. And they they have the chip and they know the day. And I mean they've got it right off the top of their head and that's how I that's how you can kind of quiz people because they're if they if they can't give you an exact date, it's not that date um, because it, it's a very it's a conscious choice and so you if you're and, and it's, it's hard hard and and this is not and again we're not dealing in easy stuff because continuous improvement here is a philosophy and right. it's a ethos right. it is a for lack of the those terms it's a way of life and you think about those and think about it in your own life who do you idolize. Yeah. I mean, you have you have heroes. You have people you look up to. Right. How did they get to be where they are? Yeah. I mean, does it help that somebody gifted them a ton of money? Sure. Right. But the stories of people who are gifted a ton of money and ruining it mm -hmm. are, I mean, one of the, my uh, uh, favorite lines is, how do you make a small fortune? You start with a big one. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to do. Mm -hmm. How do you make a small, it's great, it's easy. All you do is start with a big one. And you'll make a small fortune, and you, you that concept, and then, like uh, Carrie Fisher, like the quote that the Lisa was using, you, you will get to that successful point, and then all all of a sudden it becomes a habit, and then you, in essence, right. you've retrained yourself. Yeah. And once you've retrained yourself, you and again this con continuous improvement, you're you you haven't noticed it yet. It now becomes part of you, and other people around you will begin to notice that. Right. I mean, one of the things that I, I've noticed, um, I try to dress very well. Yes. That's a, It's one of those things where I, I want to dress very well. This is how I want to dress and everything else like that. And if you're in a career where uh, you have a uniform or, I mean, I have a uniform. I wear a jacket and tie. That's, right. That's my uniform. I get some, some, and so does Lisa to an extent, but, and we have a lot of leeway. The on, female version of right. it. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of leeway on how you want to execute that. Okay. So what, how can I do that 1% better? Sure. How do I look 1% better? Do I want to grow a beard? Do I want to shave my beard? Right. I mean, th these are all personal, intimate choices. Going from the button cuff link, the button cuffs to cufflinks, 1% better. Is it going to make a huge difference? No. Are you getting into that habit of, this is a little bit nicer? Yeah, absolutely. How's your cigar? Good. Mine's gone. Yeah, Lisa destroyed hers. I, 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 I stand by what I said. It's not my favorite. It's really, really heavy nicotine. I mean, I'm kind of cigar buzzing right now, and that's hard for, for me. It's really hard to do. For a veteran such as Lisa. Two a day, man. I mean, for me to get a cigar buzz, that's... A... I'm about uh, two-thirds the way through, and I do have that buzz because it is a Maduro. Yeah. It is a Maduro, and Maduros are heavy. That is for sure. 
and it's still good. I mean, the Mayan brand, I, I like it. It's their private blend. I enjoy it. I good. mean, it's very good. Um, Mom and Dad picked well. Oh, yeah. I, the problem that I... So, it, <laughs> you know, I when I was 18, I started smoking cigars. And my mother looked at me, because I was a senior in high school, and my mom looks at me and goes... You are your father's son. <laughs> I mean, there, there's nothing you could do. And I was like, "What do you mean?" And she goes, "Because it, to the to an extent, I had, I, you know, you always see your parents in a different light. You know how your parents socialize when you're young and everything else like that. You know, had I seen my father smoke a cigar here and there, yeah, sure. Had he done it regularly, absolutely not. Right. And so it wasn't like this life was impressed upon me, or my dad was a cigar manufacturer. Right. Uh, you know that was not the case. Uh, you know, I picked it up. And one of the funniest uh, photos uh, that I, my friends and I have, because my, my friends uh, would smoke cigars with me, but they would only smoke with me because they knew that I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And uh, and everybody's like, oh my god. I mean, especially at eighteen, because you're trying. I mean, from the male perspective, you're trying to talk to girls. So let's just be clear here. Yeah, sure. At eighteen, you're trying to talk to girls, and girls do not like when you smoke cigars. I, it's different sure. than cigarettes because Lisa does smoke a cigarette here and there, and she knows Every that there, there is a difference between a cigarette oh, God. and a cigar smoker. And I smoke cigars, and it, it is what it is. It, it, yep. If you are a part of my life, you know that I smoke cigars. If that's a problem for you, then you're probably not a part of my life. Well, I mean, I'm kind of the same way, but it's a little more unusual for a chick to smoke cigars, and you know, it's just who I am it's and who, you know you kind of got to be okay with that it's part of being the finer thing accept it you know and whatever your feelings on it I'm gonna keep doing it so I'm, right let's I'm, start there yeah and so my friends and I you know being uh I've, you know we I went grew up in an affluent area I mean you know I wasn't worried about my next meal or anything else sure. like that and so we would always, uh, as kind of a, a prank, if you will, and you know this is how rebels we were, we would smoke a cigar outside the uh, American Cancer Society, and oh we, you know, we would say, you know, why? Because now in today's day and age, can you do that? Sure. I mean, we got a smoking ban indoors, but it, it wasn't because we were, uh, and if there was anything wrong with that, it was just the juxtaposition. Yeah. And so our se so everybody has a senior year in high school, and they have like a senior party, and that's like a class. I mean, most, more often than not, we had a class party yeah. and a retreat and everything else like that. And one of the funniest things, one of the absolute funniest things that uh, I remember, and the photo, I mean, I, I look at these photos, I'm like, who, who is that guy? Because <laughs> that was a lifetime ago. And they, I was uh, smoking a cigar with my friends at my uh, senior uh, party, and the, this is no joke. This is how much the administration either didn't like me or me and my friends. <laughs> was that the smoking area was right next to this giant propane tank? Wow! It was wow. a. It's one of those giant propane tanks that you see outside, you, and you, you cannot mistake this for anything other no. than a propane tank. Oh no! It's you. I know exactly right. what you're talking you, about. You know, you just there are certain things in life where you look at it, and it, it can be only one thing. Yeah. And this is a propane tank. And so there's uh, five or six of us. We all have oh lit cigars, and we're sitting in chairs, right in front of a massive <laughs> propane tank. And we, you know, I, you know, I looked at my uh, principal at the time, and I go, "You don't like us." <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, because in his mind, you know, he's like, well, whatever do you mean? And I'm like, listen, I'm not the smartest kid in the world, but I do know <laughs> that propane is flammable. 
And I have... A little in, bit more explosive than flammable, right. maybe. Whatever. I have a lit, a lit <laughs> instrument in my hands. And I'm standing next to a propane tank, a source of highly flammable gas or liquid. I don't see anything that can go wrong. Right. Absolutely nothing can possibly go wrong, except, you know, mass amounts of death. Sure. No big deal. And, yeah, but it's the kids. We don't lie. Right. And, the, you know, and, the, and so I explained to the principal, I was like... I can tell you don't like me. And he's like, what do you mean? And I, arguably speaking, I had spent most of my high school in his office. So, uh, you know, I, I can't say it's without reason. And it w- and I go, our smoking section, for the guys that are smoking cigars, I go, is right in front of a propane tank. Yeah. And then he looks at me, he goes, well, I didn't even think about that. And I look oh, at him, I go, no. you did think about that. Because if you are, I mean, the principal at our school had a PhD. So I looked at him and I go, mm. you can't go through nine to 12 years of schooling yeah. and not know that propane is A, flammable, not flammable, or B, that if you're standing out with a group of people with a lit instrument, a lit cigar in your hand, and yeah. we're flicking the butt, I mean, because there were other cigarette smokers, and they flicked the butts at the propane tank. <laughs> I mean, this was not a, I mean, I wasn't the only one here. So it, it's just one of those things where you're like, uh, you, yeah. I, I, you can look at that scene and you know what you need to know. Right. I mean, you just, you know what you need to know. So, and again, like I said, it's it's that 1%. Yeah. Okay. So, what is one good thing that's happened to you? One good thing is 1% that good thing. 1% good thing is that I have improved my workflow okay. by at least 1%. Good job. And that's that's a good thing. That is an absolute good thing. Nice. For me, my daughter, not only was she accepted into her first choice of college, but I got a text from her yesterday. I've got very, very, very good news. And so I get home, and I'm like, three varies, huh? And she said, oh, yeah. She got a scholarship that will pay for half of her entire tuition for four years. Holla. And we are expecting that she will get a full ride. So she's going to come, she can live at home, so that saves on dorm costs. Local college. So, you know, she's going to come out of college owing nothing, which is a great way to start your life. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not there. God. Was it, is there any scholarship that you had left? Is there any that work in uh, barrel, or did she kill it? I got, oh, oh, she, I got about five drops she's, left. She's just eyeing it like it's Give me a, a second. Yeah, she's just going to kill it there right now. It's perfect. And goodbye. And goodbye. That's so funny. That's great. Well, thanks again for listening. This is the Finer Things Podcast. I'm Wes. I'm Lisa. You can find uh, Lisa at? Intricate Girl on check, Instagram. Check me out at the Jet Set, or excuse me, at Jet Set Lawyer. Uh, thanks again for donating to our Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash finer things podcast. And again, we are podcasting live from the Members Only Lounge at the Cigar Lodge in beautiful Akron, Ohio. Take care. Bye, guys.